What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. And as always, we are joined by our super producer, Noel Abruzzi Brown. Abruzzi. Abruzzi. Hmm. So that's a that's a hint for people uh, who are wondering what we are talking about, or why, or why uh, why we would name uh, Noel Abruzzi. He's been going through a lot of nicknames lately. Yes, he definitely has, and uh, well earned. Well earned. Apropos every time, Scott. This is something that is kind of a homegrown topic for us today, and this is also something of which I was not aware until you hipped me to it. Yeah, and, you know, a listener wrote in and requested this. So I'll read that note in just a moment, but uh, we're talking about uh, Panos uh, mm-hmm. or Panos. Or, you know, they could pronounce this a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panos is how we'll probably do it through most of this. But uh, the only way that I really knew about this company, and, again, you said it's local. It's uh, yep. it's, it's pretty close to here, right here in Atlanta. Um, the only way I knew about this company was that when we first moved here, this is back in, uh, boy, I guess it would be, if, you know what, it was, Prior to us moving here, when we were checking out neighborhoods yes. in Atlanta, we were driving yeah. down from Michigan on vacation here in the Atlanta area, looking at neighborhoods. We talked to some realtors even. Uh, the realtor said that her husband worked for Panos. And I thought, well, that's, a, you know, because she knew that I was kind of in the car industry up in uh, Detroit. And she she right away mentioned that. And I said, well, that's interesting, but I've never heard of them. And, <laughs> um so I looked them up and found out what they're all about. And it was an interesting story. And then, uh, lo and behold, here in 2015, uh, one of our listeners, his name is Jonathan A. So Jonathan writes in and says, Hi, guys. Here's a suggestion for a podcast. Give us listeners in Internet Radio Land a rundown of the Panos company, team, or organization. I think they're based in North Georgia, and I remember seeing some pictures of some kind of exotic sports car from them several years ago. Their name came up while I was looking at some stuff up related to the Laurel Hill Tunnel episode. Oh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the racing tunnel. Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm enjoying the, all the episodes. Uh he says, y'all show gives me something to mull over frequently while eating dinner. So uh, it's funny when people write in and tell us what they're doing while they're listening to us, isn't it? I mean, I appreciate it because people are people are typically doing something pre- pretty interesting. It gives you a snapshot of someone's life. Well, they say things like, um, you know, your your podcast helped me get through my 10-hour shift where I'm welding all day. Or, right. Uh, um, or or your, uh, thanks for giving me something to put in my headphones so I don't have to talk to my coworkers. Yeah, or... Um, sometimes I'll, I'll plug one in, I'll put the headphones on and then I'll use this to drift off to sleep, which I don't know how to react to that <laughs> one or not, but, uh, I, I think that's a positive. Yeah. I hope it's a positive. It must be soothing, right? Right. And we are taking you up on this, Jonathan. Yes, definitely. So we're going to talk about, um, Panos today and, uh, we'll give you as much detail as we can. This is a, uh, this is a pretty, um, interesting story, I think. Yeah. It's one that I'm, I'm surprised more people haven't talked about. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay. There, there's. As we'll find out, you know, going through this, there's there's no advertising for this this car. It's a it's a I guess it's a supercar, right? I mean, it's a it's sports car. Maybe that's a better way to say mm-hmm. it. They make a car that is kind of in the realm of supercar, but not exactly there. Um, part of the reason is just they don't build an um, not that they don't build enough of them, I guess, but they just don't have the publicity that some of the other uh, manufacturers do. They they're not like Ferrari or Lamborghini or anybody right. who. Um, have a huge following. They produce a, a pretty big number of vehicles. 
this is a, a smaller, we'll, we'll even call them a boutique automaker in that you can choose anything and everything you want in this car to a point. I mean, they give you a lot of options and you put together the package that you want, but mm-hmm. um, there's zero advertising. You either know about this brand or you don't. There's no television ads. There's no newspaper right. ads. No if, circulars in the mail. <laughs> if you're a fan of motorsports, if you're a racing fan, mm-hmm. you will know about this brand already. You probably have seen the, you know, some of their vehicles on the track, or you may have uh, uh, heard, you know, at least announcers read the name Panaz when they're talking about, um, you know, endurance racing yeah. around the world. Uh, we'll tell you all about that too. But um, what a fa- it's a fascinating brand, and I think that the story needs to be told. So I and I have a I have a neat little tie-in with this story, a very small one mm-hmm. uh, uh, that we will get to in a second. Let's start the story with a fellow named Don Panos or mm-hmm. Donald Panos, uh, born in 1935 in Ohio. So his uh, his father. Eugene uh, immigrated to the U.S. from Italy in the early 1900s. He shortened his name from Panunzio to Panaz, uh, and he was a champion boxer. No Interest- Yeah, interesting little thing. His father was a champion boxer. Uh-huh. Also, uh, he was a very smart, uh, smart man, uh, of course, because, you know, his his son, Don, uh, the, the founder of uh, Panaz LLC, was also the founder of something called Milan Pharmaceuticals. Hmm. And Milan Pharmaceuticals, and, and specifically Don Panaz, uh, worked on the development of what would later become the nicotine patch. Ah, okay. So this, uh, you know what? That's big money right there. That right? is, yeah, that's a lot so, of money. Okay. So just to set the, uh, set the, the bar here. Yeah. Or let, to level everything out here. His money came from pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. He no longer does pharmaceuticals. Now he's, Fully on board with his uh, his company, or um, well, this is the tricky part, I guess. Right. His son wanted to start the company, and and his name is uh, Dan Panos. Right. And Don Panos, um, he's the one who funded the whole venture. So his son comes to him and says, "I've got an idea for it to build a car right. here in the United States, a 100% U.S. made vehicle. U.S. parts, everything is 100% American." And he needed funding, so he went to his dad, and his dad basically said, yeah, let's do it. And Ben, you know, we, we're probably going to have a couple of different names here as we read through different sources. Oh, but, different name uh, changes. Yeah, yeah, name changes. Like, like right now, it's Panos LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, it was Panos Motorsports Group. And uh, there's other iterations of this. Right. Group. Prior to that, when it was founded, it was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if that's a little bit confusing along the way, sorry for that. But uh, we'll try to keep it all straight. Um, so, again, uh, this boutique automaker in Brazelton, Georgia, which is, uh, I guess you could call it northern Georgia, right? Yeah. And it's right near a track, or it's it's based right at Road Atlanta. Yes. That's, that's not by mistake. Because, remember we said that uh, that um, Dan Panos, um, mm-hmm. the, the founder, big money from pharmaceuticals, right? Mm-hmm. He bought Road Atlanta. Yeah, he bought Road Atlanta, and Road Atlanta is a great course. It's a... It's a little over two and a half miles, uh, just north of Brazelton, as we said. And it, it hosts professional amateur sports car, motorcycle races, uh, racing, driving courses or schools, uh, testing from pro motorsports teams. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, all in all, it, it's pretty well known, at least in, in our neck of the woods. Endurance right? racing. Yeah. Well, a 12 turn track. It's very challenging. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really, Beautiful course, picturesque course. Yeah. And uh, so just imagine this, though. Let's step back from this for okay. just a moment. His son comes to him and says, I've got an idea to build a car. And we'll get to how that all happened in just a moment. But his son says, I've got an idea. I want to build this uh, this Roadster car that I've, that I've got a, a dream to, to put out there on the on the, uh, on the the sports car uh, scene. Mm-hmm. And his dad says, oh, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get into it. He says, we're also going to buy Road Atlanta, and that's where we're going to test, and we're going to uh, – we're going to really promote it at this track, you know, in some of these, some of these events that we have, you know, whatever vehicles we have, because we're going to do other things as well. Um, they also build, uh, in addition to, you know, sports cars, they build indie cars, cart cars, um, of course, street cars, and all those are tested right there at the Brazelton track, right at, at Road Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of complication. I think we hinted at this in one of our listener mail episodes. Maybe when we talked about this was going to, you know, coming up as a potential episode soon, it was on the list. And uh, as you see, some of the stuff in the list makes it to there. Um, the, the track is owned by NASCAR. So here's the way this all played out. Don Panos bought the track in 1996. And 
in September of 2012, NASCAR acquired uh, Panos Motorsports and and thus the track because Dan Panos also owned the track. So uh, NASCAR owns Panos. Panos owns the track. So uh-huh. that's that's kind of the uh, the shakedown of this whole thing. So the intent of NASCAR when they when they made this purchase was that uh, they were going to combine the Grand Am series and the American Le Mans series. And of course, the American Le Mans series was uh, technically folded in 2013, but then the series did combine uh, for the 2014 right. season, and that's where that stands. So the the American Le Mans series and the Grand Am series have have joined forces, and now that's the series that we see. And I am excited to talk about some of the cars, man. Some oh, of the yeah. actual vehicles. We have to. Can we jump into that? Let's do it? that. Okay. Yeah. So uh they have uh they have several as as you've mentioned, uh they do custom coach building for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm a big fan of that, although at this point, and not to not to reveal too much information, I think they're a little out of my price range. Just a bit. Yeah, I mean, we've got some price info that we'll hit later. But, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm looking at it. So my my question to you, Scott, is going to be which uh, which car do you want to start with first? You want to oh, go with the how about this? You want to just do the timeline, and we can uh, we can kind of walk through it that way. Oh, and introduce um, so, them via chronology. Yeah, yeah, let's do that, and uh, and maybe we'll hop around here a little bit. But um, or we can just go through the timeline, and then go back and hit some information. Sure, However, we'll figure this all out as we go. But the the Panos timeline, which you can find on their own website there, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll add some information here, but. All right, so here's the way it uh, it runs down, I guess. Um, they were founded in 1989, and they had kind of a, a prototype-looking vehicle that is very similar to their first road car, which they introduced uh, just about two years later, which was the... Um, the Roadster, uh, right? The Roadster, that's right. And so the Roadster was introduced in 1992. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you want to go through specs on the Roadster right now, or do you want to oh, wait? Oh, yeah, that? let's go through specs. All right, so the Roadster's there's, a, cool. there's a couple of different versions of this. Yes. Because it was produced from uh, 1992... Through 1995, and they only made 44 of them in that amount of time. So it's right. a, again, very small manufacturer, low production numbers. They they went away for about a year, I guess, and then they came back with this. Um, the and I don't even know if you could say they went away for a year, but the, the redesigned vehicle, which was the AIV Roadster, which stands for um, what is that? Aluminum intensive uh-huh. vehicle. I yes, guess. yeah, and, and that means that anything that can be aluminum is aluminum in this car. And uh, it's very lightweight. I, we'll talk about specs here in a minute, and you'll understand why the weight is very important for this car. Sure. Um, but I can I can tell you what the AIV specs are. Yeah, um, yeah, and how they differ from the um, from the Roadster. Sure. Just the sure. generic. All right. Roadster. So the uh, the top speed of the AIV Roadster is about 140 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, zero to sixty. 4.3 seconds. So it's pretty quick. It's a really quick car. And from 0 to 100 is achieved in just 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the engine that powers this thing is a Ford V8, dual overhead cam, 32 valves. It's a, it's only a 281. Uh, yeah. It's a five-speed manual transmission, 305 horsepower, and about 300 pound-feet of torque. But again, it's lightweight. That It weighs 2,570 pounds. Um, decent fuel economy. It's just under 20 miles per gallon. That, that really matters in this type of car. But, <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, it, it really is a surprising performer. One, one important difference between the AIV and the, the Roadster itself is that the AIV has a slightly smaller engine. Still a V8, but it's 4.6. I didn't need quite as much displacement. Yeah. And you know what? Horsepower and, and torque are probably up for it. You know, that's the, you know, that game they play that, you know, like early on, uh, some of those V8s that produced Less horsepower. They're, they're getting more out of the engine at that yeah, point. So, yeah. Um, anyways, it's an, it's an interesting car. Take a look at it. It has a bit of an element of, uh, the Plymouth Prowler to me. Right. Yeah. When I look at the Roadster, I see what you're saying about the commonality with the Prowler. And it's interesting that it, uh, it precedes the Prowler because the front end, while both are clearly, like clearly influenced and harkening back to our earlier car aesthetics, uh, yeah, we're talking like 1950s. Absolutely. Roasters, yeah. Even prior. Prior, I would say. The the front end of the Panos AIV or just regular Roadster doesn't look as fragile. There's something fragile about the way the Prowler's front end looks because yeah. they've got a lot of exposed axle stuff. It's just it looks like it would break easily. But I I'm really glad you mentioned the point about the earlier design because Panos got the rights to this prototype from uh, a sports car, an Irish sports car 
company, right? Uh, or this design called the TMC Costin. Mm-hmm. So he had the rights to the chassis. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't uh, he didn't have the rights to any kind of body work that went on top of the chassis. So that was up to him. Right. Yeah. This was a company called Thompson Motor Company uh, out in Wexford, Ireland. Uh, the the guy they purchased the rights from was a guy named Frank Costin. And you're right. They only had the chassis. Well, you know what? That's not a bad start, I guess. I mean, no. uh, for the but for the dad to say. And and you know what? I hope I haven't messed up the Dan and Don thing here. The Dan and Don. Yeah, it's Dan and Don who run this place. And and was it was it Don Panos that's the uh, the one who financed this whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Don then, Panos is the is the father. But it was Dan's idea. Right. All right. So okay, we'll try to keep that straight. And I hope I didn't make a mistake early on. If I did, I, I apologize. But um, so so again, for for Don to you know take his his son his son's uh, word for this that you know he can do this. He can he can build a 100% American car and uh, and actually sell it and, and market it in this motorsports world and have it compete and be competitive and, right. and, and win, hopefully win, because I think the goal was to eventually create a vehicle that is going to win on the endurance circuit. Yes. Um, not necessarily with the Roadster design, but along the way, they're going to develop towards that. And that was why the purchase of Road Atlanta was so important. Right. Um, but for him to, to buy into that, that really says a lot about his, his trust and his uh, – um, his, his belief in, in his son's idea. I mean, in the vision. Yeah, it's great. It's a great story. And they, uh, so they originally used, uh, Ford Mustang components, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, running gear, transmission, engine. They started small. They have a seven man crew building the first, uh, 10 cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they eventually, uh, they eventually ended up not putting the Costin chassis design into a production car. Oh, so they changed it. Uh-huh. Oh. They featured a uh, welded stainless steel tubing frame, and then they used CNC machined and stamped parts. Uh, so this uh, this was tungsten inert gas TIG welding. So so seven people built the first ten cars. That mm-hmm. was it. That's a very small crew. Now, I noticed yeah. that uh, in one of the interviews I saw with, uh, with Don, he said that at peak production – uh, they were building, this is really small, one car per day with 65 people employed. So they, they significantly increased their, their production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that was probably a few years ago when they did that. Right now, in 2015, they have something like 14 people total working on a new model, which we'll get to as we get to the end of this timeline here. But, right. Um, so we're, we're at, what, 1992, I think? Yeah. Um, with the first, ro- that's the first road car from them, really. And that's right. A, that's a and design. Then- by 1994, they start working on the aluminum intensive. Yeah, and I think in 1996 is when they finally released that one, when they right. introduced it. So yeah. the AIV car comes out just four years later. Looks very similar to the first one. Not identical, but very similar. Um, in 1997, they entered um, uh, sports car racing, uh, you know, a competition vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in by 1998, so this is just one year later, They've actually won a championship. They won a, this is really incredible. Yeah, they won great. the United States Road Racing Championship Series championship for that year, for 1998. A huge step forward. So again, 1998 from, you know, just beginning in 1989, that's it. That's an, a remarkable step forward. Um, by 1999, so just one year's late, just one year later, uh, they were in the American Le Mans series, as, you know, we mentioned is, which was run right there on, the Road Atlanta course, right. the, the Petite Le Mans, I think is what they called mm-hmm. it. Um, but they um, they were racing in U.S. and Canadian endurance races. And in 1999, you know, they were running in the American Le Mans series, which makes sense because, you know, that's where the Road Atlanta track comes in here is that, you know, the Petite Le Mans was run at the Road Atlanta track. So they're mm-hmm. competing in this American Le Mans series. And, um, you know, U.S. And, and Canada endurance races, that's what this series is all about. And And really this series was created in the spirit of the, 24 hours of Le Mans, but it's a 12-hour race. Right. So it's a smaller version of the 24 hours. Now, by 2000, the year 2000, mm-hmm. um, they were they, they had a brand new vehicle. It's called what? yes, what the Esperante uh, GTS. Hey, you look excited there. I am I excited. I'd let you uh, release the uh, the name of the Esperante. Are you kidding? Um, this car is great. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a race car. Uh, version of the Esperante that they created in the year 2000, mm-hmm. and. Um, Pretty cool car, I got to tell you though. And you know, usually when we do this, when we when we talk about whatever make or model, we usually right. typically we say like, "I really like this. I'm I'm a fan of this. If I yeah. could, I'd have one of these." 
I got to tell you, Ben, I'm not a fan of the Esperante. You're not a fan of the no. Esperante? No, I'm not. I, I like some of their other cars. Okay. I, I, I'll be upfront with you about that, but but I'm not a fan of the design of the Esperante. Now, I know it has some pretty incredible performance numbers. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. Uh, and it, it does have some uh, uh, some street cred in that, you know, it's a, it's a race winner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a favorite at the SCCA tracks, you know, um, for that series, I guess, for, the, you know, that spec car that they created. Um, but I'm just not a fan of the way that the Esperante looks. I don't know what it is about it. I just can't uh, can't get over the design. Well, to each his own. Uh, but True. In my opinion, that just means more Esperantes for me, man. <laughs> yeah. And there's what five levels, trim levels of this? Yeah, thing? yeah. There's quite a bit. Yeah, there's the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's GT. Mm-hmm. There's the GTLM, mm-hmm. the GTS, and then I guess there's another one too. Well, the, the JRD, but that's like a aftermarket upgrade. Brand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, similar. If you think of like uh, how Roush would take a Mustang. And, and create something new out of it, but it's still a Mustang. Right. That's similar to what the JRD is for Hanaz. And so the uh, the interesting thing here, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get into some specs real quick, because the specs have also recently changed mm-hmm. as we record this. Sure. Uh, so originally, and these are, let's just call these 2000 specs uh, before anything before 2015, you'd have a Ford V8, uh, 300 and five horsepower, pretty, pretty sweet. And, uh, the zero to 60 is like, uh, 4.2 seconds, which is pretty, pretty zippy, you know? You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The weight is pretty low. It's not crazy. It's 2,600 pounds. Uh, but one, one thing that I really like about the Esperante is that Panos did something a little bit different in comparison to other boutique sports cars, which is that when they build a sports car, or a race car rather, um, a track car, they try to make the road car and the track car as close to one another as possible yeah. so that when you buy a car from these guys, you are picking up something that is as close as legally possible, as close as Uncle Sam will let you get 
to a race car you can drive on the road. Sure. And, you know, I, I got to clear this up because this is where it gets confusing. And I know you were a little bit hesitant reading some of those numbers, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. these numbers are so jumbled up between the uh, uh, the five models that we just talked about, you know, the base, the GT, the GTLM, all that stuff, uh, and the level of customization that can be done for each one of these. Uh, that makes it very difficult to to pick and choose which ones are which because they right. built, uh, these are all really unique creations. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about this again as boutique maker, so um, and and adding to that complexity is now in 2015, and I, I know that you said that these are older numbers, so that's those are accurate. What you right. read is accurate, but added to that is the complexity that now you can get a a GM drivetrain for 2015. So you're not limited to just Ford drive right no longer powertrains. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're no longer, and I, I'll say limited, but you're no longer limited to uh, just a Ford drivetrain. You can also choose General Motors drivetrains. Mm-hmm. Now, that changes everything because um, the specs that you read, that was kind of the low end for the Esperante of what I saw. Yes, because yeah, yeah, that's if you the get basic the, stuff. Now, you know, GTLM, which is kind of mid-range, I guess, in, the, in this whole thing, um, you can go up to 420 horsepower uh, with that. So, so jumping up from 305 to, you know, the 420, and the zero to 60 times, I saw anywhere from five seconds to, uh, down to four seconds. Um, and I think, I think mm-hmm. this newest one, the, the 2015 that we're talking about, the zero to 60 time is something like 3.7 seconds. Yes. So we're getting into, we're getting into, uh, again, supercar speeds mm-hmm. out of these cars. And when you look at it, I mean, it, sure, it's nice. I mean, I'm not, a, again, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the design, right, but, right. but, um, it's fast. It's a powerful car. And again, lightweight and they're doing, they're doing, Everything that you would do on the track that you can do on the street legally, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. So um, a lot of variation in that. And the specs, I mean, hopefully that's not too confusing. But, again, if you want to look up specifics for each vehicle, you almost have to do the, the configurator where you build your own. Right, which and, you can check out. Yeah, you can on their site. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy to do. Um, you know, just skip the part where they say buy this car or put on a <laughs> deposit or whatever. But uh, it's fun to do the, uh, to the, do the configurators. I, I yeah. Agree. And I, I love the idea too of uh, having there, there's to me there's kind of a uh, homegrown talent makes good. Yeah, I sort agree. Of thing. And and you know what, this Esperanto has been around since uh, the road car version. Anyways, it's been around since 2001. I think we said that the uh, you know the race car was introduced in 2000. So again, they're introducing the race car version before the road car version. That's yeah, cool. All right, so let's get past the uh, the 2001 Esperanto road car that was released and. And there's a couple of special editions we'll talk about, and then we're going to make our way to the the modern vehicles. How about that? Yeah, that sounds All right. fantastic. All right. So there's a there's a a limited edition uh, driver's Esperante that's uh, released in 2002. Mm-hmm. I like that they call it the driver's edition. Uh huh. Um, in 2003, the Esperante GT, which is a road car as well, was uh, was released, mm-hmm. and again. Hand built, all aluminum sports car, pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Um, it, then this is the one that we were kind of hinting at here: is the SCCA uh, car was released, the Spec Racer, um, yeah. which is the Panaz Esperante GTS model that we talked about before, and it was to race in SCCA's GT2 class. And people love this car because they have, um, well, you get it as a roller, you right. get it without an engine. Yeah. And I believe the pricing. We'll talk about pricing in a moment on that one. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty high still without the engine. Um, but it has everything that you're going to need to take it out to the track. It's a track day car, and people love that the body panels on this car are easily removed and, and replaced. It's not like the road car. Uh, this one, you know, they account for minor track damage and things like that. So it's a, it's kind of a fascinating way they built that one with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2005, they unveiled um, the GTLM performance model, which yep. we talked about already. Yeah. And then this is the big one. Ah, this is the big one, 2006. Yeah, 2006. A victory at Le Mans in the GT2 class. This is a 24 hours of Le Mans. So in 2006, yeah. this company that was not even around in 1988 mm-hmm. uh, is winning the GT2 class against the factory teams, the factory Porsche and Ferrari teams. Which is amazing when you think about it. Really incredible. So a huge win for them. And they also won the Sebring race, um, the 12 hours of Sebring, that very same year. But anyways, that's two big wins in the same year for them in uh, in world-class competition, really. Um, and then in 2008, there was a fastback evolution uh, model that they released, which is pretty cool looking too. I, I actually like the design of that one. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we'll talk about a couple of cars that uh, I actually, you know what, Ben? There's there's one here that we need to talk about before we talk about the uh, the 2015 model that uh, we've seen on Jay Leno's garage recently. Um, this is the Abruzzi. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, yes, that is uh, why Noel has this namesake, the Abruzzi. So this is a grand tour uh, that is under development for, unfortunately, fellow Yanks, this is for the European market. They're going to limit it to 81 units. And I think it's already done. It's already done. I think it's already over with. So if you don't have one now, you don't have one. You're well, not going to get some one. Friends. Uh, yeah, exactly right. But it's called the Abruzzi Spirit of Lama. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. I, I really do like the road car version of this. I like, you know, the one that's uh, painted up as if it's a race car. I like that, too. Um, there's some interesting things about this, which we'll talk about in just a second. But it's a front mid-engine design. Yeah. 600 horsepower, 600 pound-feet of torque. Um, you said 81. 81 vehicles. units. Yeah. Now, the reason they made 81 was because that coincides with the 81st running of the 24 Hours of Le Mans that was in 2013. So in 2011, they released this, and they were going to release them in three consecutive years, 2011, 2012, yeah. 2013. And if you bought one, you know, these are only available in Europe at this time. So right. so if you bought one, the delivery of the vehicle was given to you at the Le Mans track. And you get professional instruction with driving it, and you get a parade lap at Le Mans 24-hour event. I mean, this, this is amazing. Uh, it also is the first production car to use something called REAMS, or Recyclable Energy Absorbing Matrix System, as a body. So another race car innovation that's put into place on their road cars. Yeah, and Panama says this is lighter than carbon fiber, hmm, cool, but it cool. is as strong. And the price, if you're asking, if you have to ask, it's too much, but uh, <laughs> but it's about 400,000 euros, which uh, I think at the time that was approximately 480,000 U.S. dollars. Uh, so a very expensive vehicle, but... Man, that would be so cool to pick up your uh, Spirit of Le Mans uh, bruzy at the Le Mans track and then get that, that parade lap and all that. How yeah. cool would that be to I, drive it on the Le Mans track? I don't know. I'd love to I'd love to be able to tell you from personal experience um, how cool that is. It's amazing. So yeah, there's a, there's so many different things here that we need to talk about. But mm. okay, so uh twenty eleven to about twenty fourteen, you know, they're just kind of uh, business as usual, I guess. Right, and right. Uh, they're back up they're back up to uh producing uh, road cars now. So in 2014, they started 
uh, with the introduction of the 25th anniversary vehicle. Again, 25 years, that's pretty remarkable yep. for a startup company like this. They introduced a model called the Spider. The, uh, the, oh, yeah. Now, the Spider, uh, you can see this on uh, Jay Leno's Garage if you want to see it. And also an interview with, um, is it Dan or Don? I think it's Don. It's got, uh, that's going to be Dan. The Dan, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm still getting that messed up. All right, uh, now they showed a prototype there. It's not uh, not the, the actual vehicle, but it's going to be just like the one that's, uh, that's released. Um, this car is going to have something like 450 horsepower all the way up to an 800 horsepower maximum if you go with that option, whatever that happens to be, that engine. Now, only 25 of these cars would be built, but it sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, of course, when they're driving it through some of these, uh, you know, the uh, the twisting canyon roads on Jay Leno's garage, as they always do, uh, they they did a full rundown of all the you know the features of it and the uh, mm-hmm. you know the body panels and the design of the vehicle and all that and the history, a little bit of the history of the of the make and model. But again, the same as the other ones, you're you're able to choose all of the options. And and I found this interesting when I when I listened to that interview, they said that you, you mentioned the, uh, the the chateau before, right? Yes. In in Brazelton, mm-hmm. if you buy one of these. You are able to, you are able to travel to the chateau and you stay as a guest of the Panos family at the chateau uh-huh. as you make all these option choices on your vehicle. You know, again, boutique automaker, so you're able to do this. You go right to the factory, right to the headquarters, and you choose the interior options, the the drivetrain options, the colors. Um, you can choose what surfaces you want to be made out of, or you want made out of certain materials. So if you want something to be suede versus, you know, the uh, I guess the smoother leather surface. Uh, you're able yeah. to choose that. The colors, of course, uh, uh-huh. just some uh, really a, a cool experience. You're able to go see the cars being made. I don't know if you can watch yours being made or not. I would assume you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's it's really a, a, a neat thing. You get to choose so many different options. And of course, you know, you might think, well, this is going to be impossible to be repaired. How am I going to take care of that? Ah, that's that's a great question. They will take care of it for you. Well, they will. But the other, the flip side of that is that you can also because it has all these Ford options. Uh, yeah. You can take it to your local Ford dealer and have it serviced, and which I find amazing. I mean, maybe you would have to call the Panos company and say, you know, which local Ford dealer here is equipped to work on this specific, the specific car that I've chosen or the, this, this drivetrain that I've got. But you can basically take it to your local Ford dealer and have them diagnose and repair the car. Which is one thing that I think is cool about this. We're you know, As soon as we entered into this realm of uh this or excuse me i guess i should say this this level of performance and this level of exclusivity we go into this knowing that it's going to be pretty pricey mm-hmm. however i'm i'm going to go on record saying this and you guys know if it's me saying this that it's a big deal uh these are pretty reasonably priced cars for what you get. Yeah, yeah, actually they really are. I mean, when you look at uh, you know, the competition in this in this realm, yeah, in this uh, industry, you, yeah. you do get quite a bit for the money in this in this case. Mm-hmm. And uh and I think it's pretty interesting to know that, you know, every one of them is tested on the Road Atlanta track and that uh, you know, they're hand built, they're aluminum in a lot of cases, you know, most most of them are um using aluminum in every position, that right. they, place that they can for weight savings. So there's a lot of track technology, you know, Track learned technology, a you know, racing learned technology that is brought into these directly. I know we see that in, in, in small instances on our road cars, you know, uh, from the bigger manufacturers. But with a small company like this, it really becomes apparent. And these guys are doing everything that they need to be doing to get the car on onto uh, or into consumers' hands. Yeah. Um, in I don't know, maybe it's a muddy way of saying this, Ben, but they're doing. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're fully emissions compliant. They're also doing crash testing, which you wouldn't assume that a small company like this would be doing. But even at this boutique automaker, they're, they're mm-hmm. offering up vehicles for crash testing, um, which I don't know. I think they have to, to be a, a road car, but, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't expect that out of a company that to date has only made, you know, maybe six or 700 cars total since, right, since right. the late 1980s. Um, you just wouldn't expect that. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting company. It it definitely has a lot of um there's a lot more to it than what we're talking about too because there's the whole thing with the uh the Delta Wing uh, uh-huh. design yeah. and uh, you know the oh there's also some some problems with uh with Nissan and the Delta Wing mm-hmm. which I'll I'll leave to our listeners to look up because um uh there's an open letter I printed it here but Oh, can I, oh let's just, come on, let's just say it. So can, do we have time? Can yeah, I do why it? not? Why okay, not? so here's the thing, guys. Uh Panos publicly called out Nissan 
for stealing the Delta wing uh, de- design, essentially. So the the Delta wing, you know about uh, a little bit about this. This was designed. Uh, this is a racing car designed by a guy named Ben Bowlby, not me, not Bolin. Bowl B, B-O-W-L-B-Y, and it came out at the 2012 24-hour of Le Mans, and it was run under this name Project 56. It is a very distinctive-looking vehicle. Now, can I just interrupt for just one second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interrupting the interruption, but um, (laughs) Project 56, the reason they call it that is because there is a 56th entry spot for um, that that is allowed every year for an experimental vehicle to run in the 24 hours of Le Mans. And for 2012, that was the Delta wing design with, uh, is it Dan or Don? <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Panos backing. Right. Uh, part of a bigger motorsports group. So sorry about that. No, no. Continue no. on. I mean, if you're interrupting an interruption, then I interrupted you in the beginning. <laughs> we can't keep the cycle of, of, uh, a violent conversation continuing, but, but this is exciting because if you look at this Delta wing, if you haven't seen it before, it has, uh, I'm I'm very excited to see this design because at the front it's so narrow, you know that uh, that one really long front end and the uh, the front tires are crazy close together. Yeah, they're two feet apart. Yeah, two feet apart, and the back end is something like you know seven feet or something right, like that. Yeah. I've got the stats here somewhere. I'd have to dig it up. But, and this is all um, this this is all made to reduce drag. Yeah, made to reduce drag. It's shaped like an arrow, basically. And I think we've talked about the Nissan version of this because when we talked about um, the electronic mirrors, I, I think that was the episode. Yeah. Uh, this was this was one of the vehicles. I think the Nissan version of this car that ran later at Le Mans uh, was. The first vehicle to run in Le Mans without mirrors, I believe that was the story. I think I think that was the the line that we used. Um, but there is a, a a huge amount of controversy. Again, the uh, the front wheels it looks like a three wheel vehicle, but those front wheels are are two feet apart. The back end I was wrong; it's five feet apart, so five feet seven inches. So that's the dramatic uh, flare out at the back of the vehicle. But it, it does look like a dart. It looks like um it it sort of reminds me a bit of the. Uh, the Firebird One that we saw at the museum yeah. a long ago. You know that old uh, prototype mm-hmm. vehicle mm-hmm. from uh, General Motors. It looks like a rocket on the ground. It's really a cool design, for sure. And it was doing very well. Yes, but there was a problem early on, and it wasn't its. It really wasn't its fault. Um, I think it, it crashed out after about eight laps. Yeah, yeah. And you can watch that crash happening. Mm-hmm. You can see it online. And but but. All to say this is a vehicle that has a lot of promise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on to something. So uh, in, I guess it's 2013, Scott, uh, Panaz filed a lawsuit against uh, the former designer, Ben Bowlby. Again, not me, you guys, not <laughs> me, uh, and Nissan for uh, damages and uh, coming out of theft of confidential and proprietary information and you can look up this open letter all you have to search this online and you'll find this open letter and we're not going to read it or anything but it says it's called an open letter to carlos goshen uh of nissan motor company and you'll find the whole thing and it's got his photo at the top um again it has this big headline that says have you taken frugal engineering a little too Too far far. and then it has a side-by-side photo of the delta wing race car that you know panos was involved with and the nissan copy car as they call it uh, which is right next to it, and it is nearly identical. And uh, really, this is just kind of a, a calling out of uh, of Nissan uh, in a very public forum. And uh, I'm sure it was very embarrassing for Nissan and, uh, yeah. and and Carlos to see this in print. Yeah, and that controversy is something that you can read more about. But uh, it, this really put me uh, on Panos's side because you know me, man. I I fight for an underdog. So when I see like this upstart company, uh, trying to compete with or, s- excuse me, successfully competing with, uh, several of the big names that have been around for years and years and years and years, I'm more inclined to be on their side. I mean, they did, they achieved their goal in 2006. They wanted to compete in endurance racing and win. And they did that in 2006 in the GT class at the 24 hours of Le Mans. Um, these these guys are really on top of things, but again, not a whole lot of people know about this company. And you have to you have to be in that uh, that motorsports realm 
to really have heard the name or maybe you've seen somebody with a hat, you know, that says Panos and you don't really know what it means or stands for. Uh, but hopefully now you do and you can dig into this company even more. There's, uh, as always, there's more that we're not getting to here. I'm sure we've, <laughs> I'm sure we've ignored a few things here or, uh, you know, made a, made a couple of, um, leaps where we probably should have, uh, you know, dug in a little deeper on some information, but we're trying to get the whole story across because it's a fascinating car company, fascinating people that started it. And I find it just interesting how this guy, I mean, I, I've said this several times, how, how, um, Don had so much, uh, um, belief, so much, uh, so much, um, I don't know what you call it, Ben. Like he, he believes in his son so much um, faith and so much faith in his son. That's a good, good way to say it. So much faith in his son that he invested this much and it's really paid off. I mean, it, it's, it's been nearly 30 years. They're at 26 years now. So they've been around a long time. They've got some experience under their belt. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. I think they're around to stay. And I think it's a good thing, not just for, um, not just for them, but also for race car fans, performance fans, for racing itself. It's always better when there's more competition. And, you know, I, I will say, to be fair, the, the Delta Wing Project 56 Nissan stuff is pretty complicated. You can check that out. We could do a whole story just on that. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out if you'd like more information. In the meantime, Jonathan, A, we hope that you enjoyed, uh, this look at Panos. Uh, and we hope that other listeners, you enjoyed it too, and that you are champing at the bit with suggestions for stuff we should cover in the future. Yeah, I gotta make, uh, I gotta make one thing good here. We, uh, we promised some pricing and I didn't get to pricing. Oh, we gotta do pricing. So, okay, so let's do, this? uh, let's do it as one more thing. I, okay, let's do one more thing. One more thing. All right, so I promised pricing and, uh, and here we go. I'll go through it kind of quick here. Man but, of your the, word. I also want to put, point out where these cars will be slotted in the lineup if they were made from the manufacturer, which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so pricing, uh, this is from the Panels website. If you want to get the, uh, the Roadster, uh, you can get it at about $99,000 and that's nicely equipped, as they say. All right, so $100,000 and that, uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's kind of the starting point. Unless you want to get a full out track car, that roller car that we talked about. Uh, you can get an Esperante GTS starting at 65750 but again, that's a roller. You're going to need to get, right. the, get the, the engine, engine set up because whatever you need or whatever you want for your class of racing um, has its own benefits. But again, it's a, it's a relatively low starting price for something like that. Um, oh, if you want to get an Esperante GTR1, you get a call for pricing. All those are custom built as are all the cars. I shouldn't even mm-hmm. really mention that because they all are. Um, Esperante Spider GT. $204,000, Ben. You're hurting me. Yeah, the Spider GT. That's a, that's an expensive one. But if you want to back it down just a little bit, you can get an Esperante Spider, which starts at just 179 And I say just 179 <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I was a little harsh on the Esperante design. <laughs> it, I'm just not a fan. You can't be a fan of every single thing. I like their other designs. I'm a huge fan of the Abruzzi design. You like the, and, the Abruzzi, I think, is the best looking of the bunch. I think so, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not nuts about the Roadster, but it's it's a little better to me than the Esperanti design. Anyways, to each his own, right, as we always say. Right. Um, and one other thing that I wanted to point out, and then we can wrap it up with this, and I know that's one more thing on our one more thing, but <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, the place where these would be slotted, if it was made by Ford, so you know, it's got this Ford underpinnings, you know, that, that runs the, uh, the Roadster and the Esperante and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to slot the Esperante as a Ford manufactured vehicle, it would go between the Mustang and the GT supercar that they just unveiled. So that gives you an idea of just where this would be positioned. So that's a yeah. strong vehicle. I mean, to go above the Mustang line, but slightly below the, uh, well, I should say just below the, uh, the GT model. And if you were to do that for the, on the General Motors side, um, it would be similar to the way that the Corvette is positioned between the Camaro and the ZR1. So, I like that. So that's where that would be roughly positioned in the lineup. But, um, so Ford, you know, I, I think that's a, that says something that it would be above, again, above Mustang, mm-hmm. below the GT, but, uh, that's, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. I'm glad you made that comparison. Well, I mean, that just gives you an idea of why maybe some of these prices start at, you know, 99000 179,000, $200,000. Right, right. Um, you know, I guess does that beat paying 500,000 for the, uh, for the new GT car? Um, uh, again, to each his own. Yeah, to each his own is probably the best way to, to sum that up because we're going to have some people writing in calling the other side of the argument fools, fools, absolute and entire. But, uh, 
as as we've always said, you know, it's it's your money, spend it as you wish. Um, but I don't know about you, Scott. I had a, a great time looking at Panas and the fact that they're in this state. It'd be pretty cool to swing by. It definitely would. And, you know, to know that they had gone away for a short amount of time, they stopped building their road cars in 2006, and now they're back in 2015, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that gives you uh, like a renewed faith in the company that, you know, they're, 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 they're definitely trying to make another run at this, and who knows what's on the horizon for them. They're going for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, so write in, let us know uh, what you think about the future of Panos, or write in and let us know about some other uh, racing companies or car companies that you think more Car Stuff listeners should know about. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, of course, we're Car Stuff HSW. Uh, we will see a lot of stories on our Twitter and our Facebook that don't make it to the air for one reason or another. You can listen to every single audio episode we've ever done, and you know what, man? We're getting near 700 episodes now. We are in the ballpark of 700, somewhere yeah. close. I don't know what the count is right now. Yeah, but, uh, we're counting down, less yeah. than 20. Yeah, it's getting there. So I would like to ask uh, something a little different at the end of the show. You know we always have questions we want to hear about. Um, I would like to hear what you guys think would be a good milestone episode for our 700th episode of Car Stuff. Maybe we could have some celebrities come in and roast us. <laughs> a celebrity roast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who would it be? Well, who that would be? be easy. I mean, we could just take excerpts from some of our uh, our emails. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've been roasted recently. Oh, what, you got roasted recently? Uh, just huh? a few times. Oh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> take most, the good with the bad. Most of those times, those roasts, it's me writing in under one of my fake uh, oh, email addresses. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, there, uh, there, there is no Rudy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Rudy. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but go ahead and let us know with that stuff. Find us Facebook, Twitter, all those, all those good things. If you want to write to us directly, we would love to hear from you. As always, our email address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.